We better pray. Let's pray. Will you pray for me? Father, in the name of Jesus, your word now is going forth. And I pray that you will touch this word as you always do. You said it will never return void. I'm blessed that it returns, that it does its work, that it goes where it needs to go. And I pray that that would happen right now as we preach your word in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the house says amen. We've been preaching for two Sundays now about Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And basically that means, you know, we've been talking about that we don't need to be just Christians. We need to be followers. And when we make an altar call, it's not just about getting people saved. It's about people deciding to follow Jesus. Somebody said, one of these days I'll be a disciple. No, you are a disciple. <laughs> if you're saved, you're supposed to be a disciple. You may know nothing about the Bible, but you're a disciple if you decided to follow Jesus. Hello? Is that the truth? <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's the truth. Let's go to John chapter 18. Love this passage of Scripture, verse 37. Pilate therefore said to Jesus, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone, everyone who is of the truth not just knows truth, but is of the truth, hears my voice. Oh, that's a powerful verse right there. Pilate said to him, what is, can you see it? <laughs> what is truth? Everyone's got, you know, have you heard that today? What's your truth? Well, I'm speaking my truth. So everyone's got their own truth? How is that even possible? If you got a truth and I got a truth, they probably don't get along. What is truth? And when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. You know, you can find no fault in Jesus but not be a follower. What is truth? Pilate, you doofus, you were looking at it. You were looking at it. Jesus does not just have truth. He is truth. He doesn't just have some truths. He has them all and is that. There is no untruth in him. If you have him, you have truth. Wow. Glory to God. So we've been talking about being a disciple and I, I don't want to take time every Sunday to, to keep repeating things, but some of you only come once a month. So, <laughs> so here, here, here's the thing. You know, why did, why did Peter drop his net? Why did they all drop their nets and just, and just left their source of income? Can you imagine just quitting your job? And 
Why did they do that? Why would anybody in their right mind do that? Because this was the greatest honor any person could ever have, is to be asked to follow a rabbi. And, and believe me, Peter and the rest of this gang flunked out of that school a long time ago. They never thought they would. So when Jesus said those two words, because those were the two words that rabbis would say, when they would say that, it was like, it was like something magic. It was like, wow, wow, my, my, they're, they're, your whole life would change if you had a rabbi that would just say that to you. And those two words are, follow me. And they dropped everything. You say, you better believe I'll follow you. They didn't even think twice about it. This was the highest honor they could possibly have. And this was no normal rabbi. They noticed that too. This guy was amazing. Follow me. Follow me. And there were three things that you did. Your goal, three things, was to be with him, to be like him, and to do what he does. And then I thought, wait, wait, wait. That's the way, the truth and the life, to be with him, to be like him, the truth, whew, and to do what he does, the way, the truth, the life. Your life is his life. You don't have a life anymore. What, are you going to push back on that? He bought you with a price, by the way, the way, the truth, and the life. Whew. See, this is the thing. Discipleship is not a verb in the Bible. Discipleship is never found in the Scriptures. But the word disciple is found 269 times. And that tells me that I can't disciple anyone. I can teach you. I can help you, I can care for you, but I can't disciple you because if I disciple you, I'm, I'm your rabbi. And even if I do the best job I can, you'll just be like me. <laughs> and that may not be a good thing. <laughs> the, the goal is not to be like someone else. The goal is to be like Jesus. Jesus is the rabbi. He's the one that asks, will you follow me? Amen. And you're a disciple of him. You're not a disciple of me. How many believe that's the problem with a lot of churches today? We got a lot of people who act like their pastor and not like their Jesus. Not, not, not like Jesus. We're reproducing ourselves instead of reproducing Jesus. Have you ever heard someone say, I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites? Well, they're there. Uh, present company excluded, I know. Why are they hypocrites? Because they're living one way and talking another way they, because I wonder if they're really disciples of Jesus or following some man or some teaching or some attitude. You better amen me or it'll get worse. Come on now. Amen. It's, it's leading to hypocrisy, and, it's lead, and, a lot, and then some people are getting disillusioned. They're saying, I'm tired of church. All those people do is fight and bicker and 
bunch of hypocrites, and I just don't. Uh, uh. Yeah, I always want to tell those people, well, is it real or not? Yeah, it's real. Well, then you be the example. Why don't you be the example? Why don't you act like Jesus? So hypocrisy is leading to disillusionment, and it's leading to people being stuck in their faith and not growing and getting closer to God, and eventually they just drop out and worship at St. Mattress. But if we're really following Jesus, we wouldn't care how other people act. We wouldn't care about the worship or nobody shook my hand or we wouldn't, you know, we just wouldn't care about that stuff anymore. All we care about is he told me as bad as my life was, as messed up as I was, as me without hope, me without any future, he looked me straight in the eye and said, follow me, hallelujah, and that's exactly what I want to do. Come on, give him praise. Woo, Hallelujah. Back in the Middle Ages, when everyone spoke Latin, <laughs> they called it imatio Christi, which means image of Christ. The Apostle Paul says it this way, I don't know, like 80 times, I think, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. We are in Christ. What we do is in Christ. What we say is in Christ. Everything we do, everything we are, everything we say should be in Christ. What a term. What a powerful concept. Now, here's the truth. You may wonder, I don't know about this being a disciple and being formed into the image of Christ. You know what? You're being formed into something whether you like it or not. Yes, you are. Something, somebody is forming you. Romans 12, something is forming you. Why not choose the way? Why not choose Jesus? What, you know this is one of my favorite verses. By the way, I, the other day I thought, I'm going to make a list of my favorite verses the ones I preach all the time, you hear them until you're tired of them. And so I started writing them, and the list got so long, I said, my God, the whole Bible's my favorite. I, I couldn't limit it to 12 or 15. <laughs> no, there's that one. And I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself. Present like, like a sacrifice at an altar. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That word service can be translated worship. And be not. So if you're not being conformed to Jesus, stop. Stop with the transformer stuff. <laughs> I got grandkids, I know. If we're not, if you're not being transformed, you're being conformed, believe me, it's not, it's not a passive thing. This world really wants to conform you to their image. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And, that, and if you don't, they do things now like cancel you. Isn't that a new thought? I thought we had free speech in this country. No, they're, they're, they want to cancel you. They found out the other day, this, is, this was in all the news, you probably saw it, but, you know, uh, the Treasury Department you know, came before Congress, and we, 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 we find out that during COVID, they, they were uh, scrolling through your social media, and they were going to the banks. I didn't know they could do this yet, but they were going to the banks, and they said, we want a list of if you shop at, at, at Dick's or, uh, you know, one of these gun shops, we want their names. And, oh, by the way, if they buy a Bible or religious material, they're potential terrorists. So you're probably on the government list right now as a potential terrorist because you're religious. You're a crazy person who buys Bibles, and you're a threat to what's conforming this world. Wow. Is that, does that, hmm? Hello? And wait till they get full hold of the economy and start squeezing you out of that. Already the dollar's being thrown out. The BRICS nations, I think there's what, 40 some BRICS nations now that are abandoning the dollar. That's going to have a huge, <laughs> you don't know. This is going to be huge. And you don't hear about it in the news much, you know. But this is, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Even Saudi Arabia has joined it. So they're getting rid of the dollar. And anyway, I could preach on that for an hour. How I many you know we need to get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready? We're all being formed into something. We need to start following the way. So, Pastor, how do I change? Real quick, we could do a whole series on this, but you, change, you don't change by willpower. You can't will your way into things. You say, well, what does that mean? I do nothing? No, it means you do what you can, and God does the rest. And some of us are trying to do what only God can do when we get frustrated. I just can't change. I just can't. uh, Well, hello, duh. There's stuff you can't do. But that doesn't mean you don't do anything. But listen, you'll you'll never make it with willpower. I know some of you. I know some of you have none, so praise God. <laughs> and, and you're not going to get there. You're not going to be, you know, this amazing Christian because you have more knowledge, more knowledge. How many know we've all read in the Bible that we're supposed to be generous, but then we're not? <laughs> so it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, so, well, if I just knew more, if I just knew, you can't think your way. <laughs> To being a child of God. Come on. It takes, I mean, not that knowledge is bad, but that's not going to get you all the way. And here's the third thing you can't just get a zap from heaven. You get something zapped, but I can't lay hands on you. But I can't lay hands on you and you suddenly be an amazing person. I, I, I can't do that. 
You could fall out in the spirit and and stay out for a week. You're still going to come up probably the same guy. God can zap some things, but other things can't be zapped. Some things are a journey and a process. Oh, we need to preach on the process. And you have to be willing to accept the process and just follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Can I get an amen? It's interesting that the Greek word for saved, you say, I'm saved, it's sozo in the Greek, and it can just as easily be translated healed. So every time you see the word saved in the New Testament, take it out and put healed in there. So we're not just being saved, we're being healed. Because can I go, can I go deep on you? Okay, watch this. Because, you know, we, I've preached, we've all preached that it's kind of a legal thing. That when you come to Jesus, you're guilty. You've heard me say it. And then the judge says, you're forgiven. You're free. Go home. And then we kind of, but, but the problem, and that's true, but the problem is that's not all. It's not just a legal thing. Otherwise, you would just be, and how many know when people who are in jail usually wind up back in jail? <laughs> Repeat offenders, right? Right? Repeat offenders because they never change. I think that's a problem with a lot of Christians today. They come to the altar and get saved, um, forgiven, but they were never really changed. They never became followers. So if we could start saying how many were saved today, how many were healed today, because sin is a disease that we need to recover from. Oh, that's deeper than you're putting on. Come on. When you got saved, you were really just being healed, but it's a process of being healed. It takes time to become who God wants you to become. You are instantly a follower, but it takes time to look like him. You have to be with him. You have to be like him, and you have to do what he does. How many are okay? My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. So we have to, do, we have to undo things. And I'm not going to preach this again, but you understand, we, we, we have to undo the mental maps in our mind because we have strongholds up there called old habits, and those have to be deconstructed, and your mind will rebel against that. But eventually, if you keep doing the right thing enough, the right thing becomes the habit, and the old thing becomes the crumbling stronghold in your mind. But you have to keep doing it until it becomes the stronghold in your mind. Does that make sense? Science will back me up what I'm saying. Not that I care what science, not that I need science, but it's in the Word of God. Think on these things. And as we think on that, so, so uh, we understand the right, the right practices are what we need. Number two, we need the right community. You need to surround yourself with the right people. That's why Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord you need, and Paul's just saying you need to stay around the right people, not to be like them, but, but to learn from them. So we need the right relation. Have you ever met someone who got saved and they go right back to their old buddies? 
And what do they do? They pull them right back into that. You need the right community. Number three, you need to be able to endure suffering. Say, I got one yes and a mumble amen. I, <laughs> I said you have to endure some stuff. I know you blame everything on the devil, but the fact is there's just stuff that you have to go through, and if, when you get through it, you're going to be better for it. I'm not saying God sends it, but in his power, he knows how to use it to build you and to be the disciple that you need to be. Come on, church, say amen. And, and just look at it. James talks about it. Peter talks about it. Paul talks about it. We just need Mary, and we got Peter, Paul, and Mary. Amen. We, my mind, my mind won't stop. That is not in my notes. I Believe me, it, it just pops in. If it pops in my mind, it's the Holy Spirit, right? It's some spirit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I need to be testing those spirits, but I just... Uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. James chapter 1, verse 2. You want some word? Uh, you know, we could preach a lot on this, but let me just read this to you. James chapter 1, verse 2. Great scripture. James is great. My brother counted all... Count it all when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's why they say don't ever pray for patience. But let patience have its perfect work. It work, patience works, that you may be and lacking. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. So what, is, uh, what does Peter have to say about it? In this you greatly, there it is again, though now for a little while if need be, you may have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Woo! Hallelujah. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is, that is to, to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming. There it is again. Yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does Paul say about it? It's amazing how similar these are. Romans chapter 5. Paul says not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. That's even beyond being happy. Amen. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character. You know, some of you got it and some of you are one. And, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's the last point is endure suffering. And the next point is we need the Holy Spirit. It's really done by the Holy Spirit. You need all those other things, but you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. He's that 
other. Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter. And that word another doesn't mean number two. It means another one just like the first one. I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost can be as real as Jesus standing right next to you in the flesh. I'm speaking from experience. Anybody with me? I'm telling you. So, well, the apostles had Jesus. You have the Holy Ghost. Not just by you, but in you. Oh, I don't know about that. That's because you've got dirty filters. Come on. Amen. I'm not going to explain that. You should know that. Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite uh, authors. I know he's liberal, but when it comes to, when it comes to uh, a pastor ministering to pastors, this guy, uh, when he passed away, I actually shed a tear. He really had a mark on my life for decades. But he wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And that's what we got to do, church. We need a long obedience in the right direction. We're moving towards him and in him. And we got to be obedient all along the way and follow him. Follow him. I had some other verses I'm, I'm not going to get into, but when you read the uh, Sermon on the Mount, one of the last things he says is this. He said, if you're just a hearer and you don't follow and you don't do these things, you're like the man who built a house on, on the sand. Come on, we got a lot of Christians that are saved. Got my ticket stamped. I'm on my way to glory because he forgave me. But like I said last week, that scripture still is haunting me where Jesus said, I never knew you. I never knew you. They said, Lord, Lord. They worked miracles. They even prayed. Muslims pray more than we do. <laughs> they do. Jehovah Witnesses testify more than we do. But just because you say, Lord, Lord. He said, I never, no relationship. You can do all the right things and not have a relationship. We need that. We need that. We need to be followers. Like Jesus, we, like Jesus before Pilate, we need to stand for the truth. We need to stand in the truth, and we need to stand because of the truth. Amen. We need to stand in these last days and respond to those two words. I'm almost thinking we all need to get resaved. <laughs> I'm almost thinking we need an altar call every Sunday now and just get beyond just forgiveness which is real and powerful and necessary. But it wasn't just about forgiveness. You know, when he called the fishermen, he never asked them to even repent. How many know they cussed like sailors? Come on. He never said repent. He just said, follow me. 
Because he knows if you follow him, you're going to repent anyway. You can't follow Jesus because if you... <laughs> repent means to turn and go in the opposite direction. Doesn't follow me mean the same thing? Oh, that's, oh, that's deep. The ushers are coming back. You need to pay again for that one. That's, follow me means you have to stop going this direction and go this direction. Repent means to stop going in this direction and go this direction. Hallelujah! Stand to your feet, give him a shout and a praise. If you're a follower,